0: Good evening, happy Tuesday everyone, welcome to the Journey of Cherie podcast, I hope all is well, if you guys haven't already, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Journey of Cherie, help me get to 1,000 subscribers, I know I can get there, also if you're not already following me, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Journey of Cherie, also on Clubhouse at Journey of Cherie, and Facebook under my Journey of Cherie account, And also on Instagram, which is Journey underscore of underscore, excuse me, Cherie. You can follow me on all platforms. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out my website at www.journeyofcherie.com. I have all different types of merchandise available. And make sure you guys check out every two weeks, I do a live. Instagram with my podcast sisters called Women in Therapy. We speak about different topics that we experience with our therapists. So make sure you check that out every Monday, every other Monday at 7 30 in the evening. And also I do a live Q&A on Facebook every three weeks. Make sure you check that out as well. So today is a little different. I have a guest that I will be having a conversation with this evening. His name is Eric. And I'm so honored that he decided to do this interview with me because not too many men will be comfortable with having a conversation that we're getting ready to have tonight. And so I'm just so grateful to him that he's willing to share his story. So today, my guest is his name is Eric. He's a father to an eight-year-old son. He also works for a nonprofit organization. He's an actor, he's a son, he's a brother, and he's here tonight to tell you guys a little bit about his story. Hey, Eric, how are you?
1: Hey, Sheree, thanks for having me.
0: No problem, thank you for doing this. I'm so grateful, because as I stated, you know, I put a flyer out probably like a month ago, and I was looking for men to reach out to me, and not too many have, and you jumped right on it. So I am so grateful that you did that.
1: I'm actually honored to be here. I mean, quiet is cut.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So this is how I start my podcast off with every guest I have. I'm gonna ask you in one word to describe how you're feeling right now before doing this podcast. And so right now, can you describe in one word how you feel about having this conversation with me? Honored.
1: We're going to go oh, with honor. Thank you. Yeah.
0: thank you. Likewise, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Uh, like you stated before, my name is Eric Stafford. Um, I'm an actor. I work for a nonprofit. I'm a father, a brother, a son. Um, you know, I'm a everyday black man growing up in Philadelphia.
0: Ooh, with all that being said, that alone has to be hard. Uh, Yeah, I
1: mean it's definitely hard Um, Sometimes you gotta think outside the box You know, you can't get uh, stagnant with your moves and your decision making You know, sometimes you have to be very creative on how you handle business out out here
0: Being a black man Definitely Mm. What made you want to have this conversation with me this evening?
1: Uh, Well, you know, we all have a story Some of our stories can relate to others but in order for a story to be heard or read, somebody has to speak on it or illustrate it. So, you know, I want my story to help the next person. You know, and I might be going through what, somebody's, what somebody else is going through and they probably are stuck. And once I tell my story, they probably can get an idea of how to get through their own storms. Mm, that was a
0: mouthful and I totally agree that was one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I decided to do my podcast because I'm aware of the power of my voice and clearly so are you
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's a good thing how old is your son
1: uh, my son he's 8 years old he'll be uh, 9 in December um, wow. yeah 8 years old The kid is he's everything <laughs> oh, yeah. I
0: can relate to that do you enjoy being a father
1: definitely i mean it's different you know like the things we do the 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 stories we tell each other the fun times we have it's just it's everything you know i wouldn't trade it for the world you know i mean a lot of relationships don't last but that doesn't stop your responsibility you know and people have to realize that you know I, i chose to you know bring a son into this world or bring a child into this world you know and you know Therefore, I am responsible for their well-being, just as well as the other parent. So you know it takes two. You know, regardless of the the, the relationship status, regardless of the uh, the tough times, you still have to be what you're destined to be for that child. You know, you can't let your your past experiences affect how you deal with your own creations.
0: You really should, and that was I appreciate. I truly appreciate you saying it that way because. Um, I do have a nine-year-old son, and and, uh, I've been a single parent for the majority of his life. And so I think that men are 150% responsible for that child just as well as we are. And so I'm so grateful that you explained that the way you did. I appreciate that. No problem. Can you tell me a little bit about your childhood? Where were you born?
1: Well, I was born in Philadelphia, West Philadelphia. I'll say that uh, neighborhood called The Bottom um, and the, the, the lower part called The Underworld. You know, The Bottom and The Underworld had their uh, prior beefs growing up. Um, I don't believe that's the same sandwich right now. Um, but, you know, me growing up in that neighborhood told me a lot of toughness. You know, you couldn't survive in that neighborhood if you didn't, you couldn't defend yourself and adapt to the way things were. You know a lot of hardship poverty stuff like that um mother and father uh wasn't around you know some in the streets some in the the jail cells no but all of that just you know you you once you understand the way life is at that time you kind of adapt to the way you want you want it to go but you have to learn though you can't just i always wanted Cosby's family uh, I, mean, I mean who who didn't you know you got a successful mom successful dad sisters and brother you know you know it was the whole package I never had that but I had friends who had that and friends who I loved dearly and I admired their family and I wanted that you know I envied that you know we yeah we're close in relationship you know as far as our friendship we're, we are we are tight But I still never had that. That's something I always longed for. And I always had my grandmother, only had my grandmother to raise me. You know, so that was different. And I always questioned, like, why? Like, you know, how come we're different from them?
0: So that brought me to my next question. I guess it's safe to say I was going to ask you. Were you raised by both your parents?
1: No. Um, My biological father was in jail most of my life. Uh, my mother was in the streets most of my life. Um, my grandmother raised me. My mother's mother raised me from birth.
0: Okay. Uh, God bless her. Oh, yeah. Do you have any siblings or... Um.
1: <laughs> this is a tricky answer because <laughs> my mom has four kids. So, yes, I have okay. siblings. Uh, I am her second oldest. But my father has, he'll tell me he has 10 kids. But we don't know the facts behind that. Uh, oh,
0: so you've got a lot yeah, of siblings? Yeah, I
1: have a lot of siblings. You know, now I'm more closer to my mother's side, of course. Uh, yeah. I do know my father's side. I do hang out with them when I can. If I can, we, okay. we are all in constant communication, but I'm okay. not as close to them as I am my mother's children. Now, that's that's a relationship that I want, though. I want to be closer to them and their children. I want to okay. get a lot more time in with them because, you know, regardless of our parents, we're at the point where we can, our lives can be better together than without.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I always wonder why it is that we are always closer to our mom's side opposed to our dad's side. And I'm sure it's probably because, you know, if you're raised in a household with your mom and your father's not there, a lot of times you get to see all those, you know you're around all them siblings, you're around all those cousins. So sometimes it's hard when you ain't, when the father ain't kind of active, how do you get over to the father's side? And I oh, and I never wanted that from my son. So to hear you say that, I guess it's just a thing. Right. It's not a good thing, but it's a thing. Yeah, all of that comes with time though.
1: Uh, time spent, mm. I should say, because okay. I spent the, uh, a lot of time with my mother's side, You know, her family and stuff like that. Um, I do have a relationship with my father's side. Not much with my siblings, but more with my cousins. I have a, a a lot of male cousins on my father's side who like we are thick as thieves, and um I I couldn't trade that for the world. But that could, that came later on in life, though. That wasn't it wasn't something that I grew up with. It's something that was presented to me, and I capitalized off the situation. Um, I had an older cousin reach out to me. I think it was two thousand eight. I'm not I'm not exactly sure so don't quote me on that. But she reached okay. out to me, my my probably my dad's oldest niece and she wanted to get all my dad's kids together, all the the cuz the first cousins and siblings. She wanted everybody to get together for a bowling night. And uh I think we went to it was a bowling alley on 40th Street that we went to. And uh you know, from there just connecting and you know just realizing who your family is i think me and my cousins kind of took off from there and we just been as tight as ever you know even in distance you know some of them have moved away to different states and different cities but we we call and text each other like nothing has changed with us you know we try to see each other as much as we can that's
0: great that is great how was it being raised by your grandmother because you know a lot of grandmothers are just that they're grandmothers so they do things differently oh. and so how was that for you?
1: It was different it was I mean I can't say it was hard the older me want to say it was hard because of life but the younger me didn't understand my own life or or our, our hardships to know that things were bad because we never went without you know, even if my grandma, she probably didn't have the money sometimes or, you know, we probably were late on bills or something like that. We never went without. I mean, like we were fed every day, clothed every day, uh, had a roof over our head, things like that. You know, even, you know, growing I'm a boy, so I want to play sports. I was able to play sports. I um, wanted to. Uh, go on trips and was able to go on trip with my churches and stuff like it was like my grandma made sure there was a way like I didn't feel left out because of because of our situation so I can't tell you that it was hard because I don't I don't know what it's like honestly to know that it was hard we didn't miss meals yeah we were I mean growing up in, in in that part of Philadelphia it was it was poverty you know we were you know surrounded by drug Drugs and drug dealers and stuff like that. But my grandmother, I mean, she kept me in church probably six days of the week. So I didn't, I couldn't understand. I couldn't, I, I couldn't know what it's like to go without because I was always under her. You know, she, I, I mean, she, I guess she called it protecting me from, you know, getting caught up in any mess. But I was never, you know, being around her so much, I never wanted, wanted to do what the others were doing. I always wanted to do something different. You know, I mean, I got, you know, I got bullied and I got picked on. I I wore non-name brand clothing and stuff like that, but I still was able to wear something. I still was able to go to school and do what I had to do. You know, I might not have had the latest gear or the most money in my pocket, but I was cool. (laughs) I don't, you know.
0: (laughs) I love your heart. You have a heart of gratitude. Mm -hmm. I know your grandmother feels she's very proud of Definitely. you can you re- can you remember your earliest memory of feeling insecure about yourself
1: yeah uh i i won't say this the earliest memory but it's a it's a very early memory um and i and i didn't i never felt insecure about myself well no i did it was a couple factors so okay um I was I started to feel insecure about myself when I was picked on but at first I wasn't picked on by my clothing or my style I was picked on by who my mom was who my mom was in the streets you know I was picked on I was more more so teased by that than anything so you know I was you know I was shameful I was like well you know these this person got their mom and dad and I got my grandma you know and people who people who live near me or you know knew who I was knew who was my mom would make fun of that situation you know would make fun of her her choices and stuff like that you know so I got picked on and that's when I became insecure about myself because I started to question like my my well-being like what am I doing here are you gonna do that how are you gonna bring me to this world and not raise me how are you gonna choose whatever you're doing over me? You know, or you, or your other kids. You know, I was. It was a time where I was. You know, I was. I was hot, and I started to. You know, I, I was hot, so my insecurity led me to act out in certain ways, which wasn't okay. But that's the only way I could get her attention. I think.
0: And did it work?
1: Over time, yeah. Not right away, because my mem- remember my grandmother was there. So until my grandmother got hold of her to let her know what was going on, you know, it didn't work, you know, but I kept doing it like, no, like this, you know, something got to change. You know, like I I still still wanted that Cosby family, even if, even if I had like, you know, just my mom there, you know, I still wanted something, you know, and it was like, I couldn't get that. I had my grandma, you know, I mean, I, a lot of us are raised by our grandmothers. A lot of us, But, you know, it was, we always, it's it's like, it's not fair to see your best friends with their mom and dad doing everything with them. It's not fair when your cousins might have their mom and dad doing everything with them. Or even if, if it's just your mom and she has a a new husband who is not your dad, you know, none of that, I didn't think any of that was fair in my life because all I had was my grandma. Mm.
0: Ugh, you to make me tear up. Okay, okay. Do you have any resentment towards your parents, Eric?
1: Um, now, no. Growing up, I did. Um, growing up, I, I. It's funny. I had this conversation with my cousin, um, especially about my dad. And I said, uh, I said we all got choices. I mean, he, he has cho- my cousin has children too, and I said we all have choices. Okay. I said you chose to be in your your, your children's life. I chose to be in my son's life. So for my dad to do whatever he did, knowing he had kids in this world, to take him away from us it's his choice. So he can't call me with the guilt trip as looking for a relationship when you had the ample time to be there with me during my childhood. You had the time to watch me grow up. I had to learn how to play basketball on my own i had to pay an ex-professional boxer just to learn how to defend myself you know like that's stuff my dad should teach me you know running track and cross country playing football uh learning how to talk to women you know learn how to treat women i had to learn all that well some of that stuff i got from my grandma but learning how to do all that where a man was supposed to be i never got that because you chose to put yourself in position to be taken away from your children Instead of thinking about the longevity of this, you you know. So at at that point, I did resent my dad, you know, like I don't I don't hate him or anything or, you know, have any ill feelings towards him now. But growing up, I hated that. I hated seeing everybody else with their parents and I got to come on to my grandma. I didn't think it was fair to her because she had her own children. So you being my grandma and raising me, it's like, man, I'm not your responsibility at the end of it all. You know, she might tell you different, but the, the the logic is I'm not your responsibility and you're doing everything for me to save my life. You get what I'm saying? And as far as my mom, um, at times I did growing up in the same neighborhood, you doing whatever you're doing in the same neighborhood. It was, all that stuff got back to me. So I wasn't looked at as Eric Stafford that I am now. Growing up, I was looking at, I was looked at as Marie's child you know he's going to be just like his mom or maybe worse or he's not going to amount up to anything because of who his mother is and his father's not around so the people already wrote my life out for me before i I had a chance to live it because of their decisions so yeah so yeah if if, if that if that makes sense yes i at one point i did but now nah i mean me and my mom tight like tight tight you know we have one of the best relationships you know i I love her to death i talk make sure i talk to her every day if i don't talk to her every day i gotta see her you know just see her face so i make sure i go on my way regardless of what i'm doing i holler at my mom just to make sure she might not want anything might not need anything i just gotta make sure you're cool that's all that's all it is you know
0: how did you get to a place of forgiveness how were you able to Forgive your parents because <sighs> I was moved so, by your story and to hear what you're saying. It feels so raw. It feels like you're. It feels like you're still there. But I hear you say the relationship you and your mom have now. So how did you end up forgiving your so,
1: parents? My mom is not one for for uh, affection. So she don't really tell you how she feel. She don't really display it, you know, she shows very, very, very tough love. You know, and I play a lot. I do. I play a lot with everybody. (laughs) So, uh, when I graduated high school, like, I, like I, I don't remember my mom telling me she loved me or she was proud of me until I got older. As a kid, I never heard it from her, more so my grandmother. But when Growing up in church and understanding the position you have in people's lives, um, understanding the things that I do as far as my nonprofit, as far as uh, my acting and stuff like that, I'm a happy person. I don't have hate in my heart for anybody, regardless of how you may treat me and how you may feel about me. I know I can't go forward in life holding on to past feelings. I know I can't ever be fully happy knowing that I feel some type of way about my upbringing because of your personal choices. That's something you have to live with. So I forgive you and I love you and I'll treat you as such. That goes for my mother and my father, you know? Now, me and my mom have a great relationship now at this point. Uh, Me and my father, we'll get there. I I believe it. I know it, it can possibly happen, but he has to remember that. I'm the child and he's the adult in this situation, right? So your choices from before might not be your choices now, but you can't call me harboring on what this has happened in the past and it's happened in the past, 32 years old, everything from now going forward should be about you and I, not about what happened before. And the same thing with my mom, you know we had to get to a point where I had to let her know so my mom she held back because she thought I you know I still felt that way about her so I had to tell her like mom whatever you chose to do in your life is fine that was your life to live it wasn't my life to live for you would I have one of things differently yes Would I you know did I need things differently yes but I'm okay I just want you to be okay. So we can move forward and grow together. And I told her that before I had my son. And her relationship with my son is a lot closer than me and her. But I think she capitalizes off the time that she didn't have with me, with him. Mm-hmm. So they are thick as thieves. You know, they are like, you know, two peas in a mm-hmm. pod along with my my nephew, my brother's son as well. And that's something that also brought me and her closer because it's not about me anymore as a father, it's about right. my child. And I want my child to know who his grandmother is, but I also want you to know that your lifestyle before him has to change for your lifestyle to to, to stay with him. And you know that all that all happened, you know she she's doing great. <laughs> Yeah, she's doing, Aww, yeah, I love yeah, she's, doing, she's a, uh, an excellent, excellent that. grandmother. She, yeah, she, she's going, she's going to
0: It happens that way, Eric, you know, like our parents, you know, sometimes they don't mm-hmm. do right by us, but they show up for these babies. Definitely you do. hear me? They, It's like they try and make up for some things, you know, and you just allow right. them to do that because, you know, we give our children things that we right. once wanted. And so if that's how is going to bring y'all back together, then I say, allow that. I love that story. Thank you. I love that. What? No problem. Why did you decide to work for the nonprofit organization? Well, I'm all about, you see,
1: the nonprofit is something I do collectively. But growing up, I know what it's like to have without. I know what it's like to be looked at differently because of certain circumstances or situations. I know what it's like to, you know, I know what it's like to be hungry, but ashamed to ask. I know what it's like to be in need, but don't want to speak up. So, I always was the giving back type. You know, I'll give you the clothes off my back, the money off my pocket, the shoes off my feet. I'll give you a ride if I have a car. You know, I don't mind doing that. And that's with friends and family. So when I was presented uh this opportunity with a nonprofit, I just was going around to support a friend of mine who who runs it. And I got in so deep with it in the love of the love of the community engagement. It just swept me away. Like I, if we're gonna do an event, I need to be there front and center. Not for the cameras, not for the posts. I, I that's something I'm that that is something I'm offended by when people pull out cameras or want to do interviews while i'm giving back i don't like that i i I've kindly decline. i ask people to put their cameras away because these are people's family members and if this was your family member you would not be broadcasting their situation so the same respect that you want is the same respect that you give but i give out we do a lot of en- community engagement we do mentoring we do outreach uh, we definitely support the homeless feed and shelter them it's just something you know somebody has to make a difference in the world so why not you you know our 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 organization is called ordinary heroes you know so we're not that. the we're yes we're regular people but you know we're here to help we're here to save we're here to protect if need be you know not 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 trying to be like a police officer or something like that but we want to make people comfortable with being in need so we can help we don't want to broadcast you or throw things in your face or make it seem like oh yeah we doing this you know we should get a grant for a hundred thousand dollars no this, this is this ain't that because some of us a lot of us come out of pocket just to make things work for the whole organization you know we don't get none of that back yeah i mean we hear about always oh, a tax write-off it's this is that but that's the last thing on my mind. You know, I have an eight year old son and he has friends. I have sisters, brothers and all that, and they might know somebody in need. So, you know, if they call me or if I got a a trunk full of cereal boxes, I'm shooting out a mass text. I'll go to the shelters, drop some off. Yeah, but shelters also have a limit. Okay, you can only drop off this much. Okay, we only need that much. So let me check out a local family that I might know that needs something too. You know, it's it's all about helping each other. You know, I lost a lot of friends and family members to violence. So this is my way of changing that. This is my way of putting a smile on somebody's face, you know, through their hardest times. You know, we gave away um I believe it was 2019. Oh no, 2020. We gave away, uh, we had a partnership with Tommy Hilfiger and I went around to different school kids giving away coats, giving away uh, underclothes, giving away regular clothes. You know, these are regular school children who might be less fortunate. I surprised them on Christmas with a gift. You know, like it's, it's bigger than just the media getting involved. It's bigger than just you know, an Instagram post or a Facebook post is bigger than that. You know, you got to impact people's lives the right way. You can't make it about you and, and your big come up because that's not me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a laid back guy. I'm, I'm always in, you know, I don't play the, the front line when it comes to the, the cameras and stuff like that on that regard. As an actor, it's different. But When you're serving these people, you got to treat them with respect, show them with respect. You know, you don't want to embarrass nobody or make people feel bad about what you're doing to them. You wanna show them like, yo, it's okay to be like this, but there's always help. There's always potential for you to get better and help the next person after somebody has helped you.
0: God bless you, Eric. Oh man, God bless you. It, it takes a different type of man to be able to do what it is you're doing. It takes a different type of human being. It takes a different type of father to be able to do what it is you're doing because your heart can be so hardened right now from what you've been through a ch- as a child But you decided to turn your story around and come out mm-hmm. on the other side and you should be commended for that. Thank God you. God bless you. No problem. Have you ever been to therapy? Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: Oh man, I do remember this. <laughs> so eighth grade, <laughs> seventh and eighth grade, uh, the end of sixth, so seventh and eighth grade, I started to uh, act out. Um, you, I believe, you asked a question about, uh, you know, how how was I handling certain situations? Um, you know, uh, yeah. I started to act out for attention, um, just attention from from my mom because I longed for that. Or even if my dad was around, I, I longed for that. I longed for my immediate parent, not for my grandma. My grandma raised me not to do that. But at one point, I got tired of being a good person. I got tired of doing things the right way. So seventh and eighth grade, I I didn't care. I I acted up. My behavior was tremendous. I mean, it was terrible. And I didn't care. I was very disrespectful. I, I didn't care. So my grandmother, so I went to... When i was in school they uh told my grandmother to put me into therapy and i was always a private guy i never kept my personal i never broadcasted my personal business even though people knew because of where i lived at and you know who my family was and my mom was and the things she was doing so people knew but i never talked about it and when she when they okay. put me in therapy you know i had this lady uh I, I wish i could talk to this lady today because she kind of saved my life uh, her name was miss Sonia, mm-hmm. and i never
0: I was yeah, to make that I never happen.
1: like, you know, I would I would go in there three times a week and just sit down for an hour and won't say nothing. And then one day I was so mad that I was in there. So like I kinda like like I kinda like was aggressive with her. Like, why you keep having me in here and this ain't doing nothing like I, I like 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 I'm good. Like I just wanna go home. And she locked the door, she's like, yo, you're not going nowhere until you talk. She said, whatever's going on with you, I'm not your enemy. She said, yeah, we're not friends yet, but I want you to talk to me and let me know what's going on so I can help you. And I said, well, why should I talk to you if you can't change nothing? She said, by you talking, yeah, I can't change nothing. But you can understand what you're going through if you hear it. Yeah, you bottle up so much that the only thing that comes out is aggression. So I opened up to her. Told her about you know me being teased and being bullied and picked on and you know told her about my hardships and just you know told her about my situation with my mom and you know my dad and you know how it was hard on my grandmother at times and how I didn't have nobody and how I was paying for a personal trainer or a personal you know self defense coach and you know I, I i i played in basketball leagues but no, none of my family came to support me none of my games uh you know just wanted i just wanted to fit in and i couldn't fit in because of them i felt like i couldn't fit in because of their lifestyle and me being a child and you know i was always teased and picked on about it you know i had um to go back to the sibling question uh i'm one of my brothers so my dad wanted all of his sons to be named Eric which is the weirdest thing ever but yes like George Foreman kind of stuff So (laughs) I don't know if my brother remember this I have a brother named Eric and we are the same age so we one day we were in second grade in the same middle school and teacher called my name no she called his name first because his last name was before mine and then she called my name. So she was like, you know, she was kind of confused. She was like, well, I have two Erics. Well, one spelled with a K, one spelled with a C, so it'll be fine. So every time she would call Eric, both of us would answer. So she was like, you know, well, not you, that one, or not you, that one. And one day he was like, yo, like you got to change your name. Like My name is Eric. And I was like, I'm not changing nothing. Like my name is Eric. Like, you know, we we probably seven, seven graders, you know? I mean, not seven graders, but oh, we're second graders, but we're probably like seven going on eight or something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. now my little brother, I'm going not my little brother, my brother, he was like, he was known for being bad. <laughs> you know, I wasn't there yet known for being <laughs> bad. So he like, I love him. Like, yo, like, no, like, that's not your name. That's my name, like, stop playing. I'm like, yo, like, Go ahead with that so we kind of got into a scuffle and we had sent got sent to the principal's office (laughs) and his mom came up and mom was like what's your name i was like my name eric stafford and she was like do you know who that is i said no i said i know his name eric he better not put his hands on me again and she said (laughs) she said um she said something she was like, um, "Y'all two fighting, looking real stupid, and y'all brothers." I looked at her, and said, "That ain't my brother." He said, "That ain't my brother. He don't live with us." She said, "No, he don't live with you, but y'all have the same dad." And I was like, "What?" So when I what got a way
0: to home, find out?
1: I told my grandma, and my grandma got track of my mom. Was like, "Yo, you need to come talk to him because he was fighting." Uh, eric's other son and my mom you know she came around she like she told me like yeah you got other brothers and this kind of thing i'm like well how come i don't know them? because i never growing up i didn't understand that you know you can have other siblings outside of your family so i didn't understand that until she told me and i was like wow like that was that was crazy you know but we we didn't keep in touch until we got older you know but uh, to go back to your therapy, um, when Miss Sonia, when I finally opened up to Miss Sonia, I was going into the eighth grade, and uh, we got real cool. And we would talk all the time, even on the phone, even in sessions. And like the sessions had to, had stopped or whatever, I, I forgot what happened, but they had stopped. And like she made me a better person, because I I feel like I can talk to anybody at this point i feel like you know i'm a better person not holding in my troubles and my turmoil you get it out you know let people know how you feel so people doesn't start you know you know people doesn't start acting you know kind of weird and it's in a sense you know it kind of helps it, kinda, it helps your friendships your relationships and you know at work too so i, I definitely appreciate miss Sonya for that um I also had it. Would you ever yeah. go back to therapy? Yeah. Therapy is not yeah. a bad thing. I don't know why people think it is. Absolutely not.
0: A lot of different reasons. You know, people, one reason is I'm not telling so, by my and, business. And for me, it's like, if you don't reveal, then you won't heal. You can't heal what you don't reveal. That's I just agree what with
1: it that 100%. Is. And I also say that um, when, you, when you have that mindset, the person who you don't want to be Is the person you become yeah. So talk I about
0: agree it. with that 100% <laughs> Talk about it There <laughs> you go I'm so happy I Let me tell you something I am into this conversation Like it's nobody's business I am impressed by you You just sound like You were made for this Like you could just talk to anybody It sounds like there's no longer Any shame attached to your story you did the work and you are a better person because
1: yeah i mean it was it was it wasn't easy but you had to look at things differently i mean you know it was times where i would recognize my mom and she wouldn't recognize me or it was times where i didn't want to get recognized Mm -hmm. her by her and i don't know if she recognized me you know because of you know her, her her situation so it was like you know, that, things like that I was ashamed of and people, you know, identifying me as, oh, you, you know, you Maurice, son, you know, you're you you, you know, you, you're this and you're that because of who she is. And it's like... Nah. Is your area that small? that That's, that's
0: how people describe yeah. it as Maurice, son? And everybody knew who it nah, was. Nah, it's not, not to... that it's
1: that small. It's so... just who she was out there. You get what I'm saying? So, okay. you know, okay. like, but now I my guess, area might not have been that small, but everybody was connected. So, so you know like, so growing okay. up you know I couldn't do all, I couldn't do wrong because my neighbors could say something to me people down the street could say something to me and all that just because they knew who my family was you know so growing up it was a respect okay. thing but you know it's different now when you're mm-hmm. older and you become the adult and you see younger kids so when you try to say mm-hmm. something to them it's like the younger parent jumping your face like yo don't talk to my child like that and it's like yo growing up everybody talked to us like this just to keep us on the right path now you have a problem with it being being as, yeah. as your child it don't make sense you know but you know yes. times are changed everything right. is different and i still you know yes. even when i go down to mm-hmm. see my mom and my grandma more i go past the block and just i embrace the people who are still there mm-hmm. because they watch me grow up into this person they probably written me off as well but they watch me grow up and then they see in the person i am now they right. are Ecstatic about who I am. They're looking for my next projects. They can't wait to donate things to me so I could bring to my nonprofit or you know stuff like that. It's just it's is wonderful to get that support now that I, I kind of didn't feel like I had before.
0: Mm, I totally understand that. I totally understand that. What lessons have you learned from your parents, good or bad, that you now apply? Your life regarding your son um, being a father,
1: responsibility. Uh, y- your life changes Responsi- the mm. moment your life changes the moment your child comes into the world. Not the moment, not the moment your child is conceived. That doesn't change anything because you have not you you mentally have not much to prepare. Now, as a man, you don't prepare because you don't go through the bodily bodily changes or the hormones that the woman goes through.
0: Oh, well, okay. Now you gotta talk about something you know, because I was getting ready. No, hey, no, no, wait no. a minute so, here. <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, as a man,
1: you ain't going, you ain't going to go through what they going through. The uh, the the, the body changes, right? right. The, uh, the mood swings, the appetites, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. No, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you kind of gotta prepare yourself. So when when my son was conceived, um, I was managing Victoria's Secret and King of Prussia Mall. Now, okay. as a young man and that job your your head ain't where it's supposed to be as far as like finances and futures and stuff like that you living for the day you're trying to meet whoever you gonna meet you know what i'm saying it you're surrounded by women now yes i did have a girlfriend at the time and yes we were in a great space but you know she she did her thing with you know hair hair school and she was very successful at, uh, at at a few salons. She was in, you know. I was successful at my job, and when Ethan was conceived, I took a back seat. Like I ain't gotta worry about nothing, you know. And I didn't understand what she went through, you know, or what she was going through. For one, us both telling our parents, or you know, we letting we letting the cat out the bag. So that was hard for me because yeah. my grandma told me I can't bring a child into this home unless I was married. So. You know, and she kind of stood on that. She, you know, she let me have it when I did tell her about Ethan, but she loves him nonetheless. Um, Okay. uh, But our relationship, me and his mother's relationship diminished. Um, We didn't see eye to eye during the pregnancy. We didn't, it was more fights and more arguments. And I'm thinking like, yo, you just, in a way you drawing, but the whole time it could have been hormones or mood swings. But her not understanding that that's what mm-hmm. came with it, it just always blew up and never got settled. So, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. now, so... Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. So you it sound now, like you can tell my story. That all happens and that changes. Our relationship ends, you know, and my son was born at 29 weeks. Okay. So the stress that we put on each other affected my son being a full-term child. You know, now 29 weeks is a scary field for a newborn because you want to make sure the child is fully developed. So the first thing you look for is 10 fingers and 10 toes. You know, that's the first thing right, you look for. Right. You Then you look for any damage, any brain damage, any skin damage. You know, how can this, you know, and he came out so tiny. He was two pounds, four ounces, I believe, or two pounds, eight ounces, I believe. And he was in a NICU uh, for seven weeks longer than my son. My son was a
0: pre- Yeah, so well, it was 8. now,
1: and those times were wow. the hardest because I'm working in Victoria's Secret sure. in King of Prussia. I'm going to school at night and I'm staying in the hospital because of my newborn child, and I'm not driving. So all of that was a toll on the body. Now, yes, his mother got to stay there and do whatever she had to do, but me traveling so much and trying to better myself because now it's crunch time. Now he's coming, he's here. So I'm trying to hurry up and get this degree, save up as much as I can, do everything the right way. But our relationship was over, you know? Now, him being who he was and a doctor saying, well, listen, This is a possibility. This is a possibility. You know, he can grow and develop and be healthy or he might not survive the NICU because of his early term. So it was like, yo, like you got all that stress on you and you worry so much about it. It's like, yo, I got to take a step back and change for myself first before I could change for him. So I had left Victoria's Secret and I started a health partnership. Uh... June 2013. He was born December 2012. Oh, okay. So that was my tipping point for real life, for my reality. Right.
0: For reality check, that, it'll do it to you right. when we so bring your babies into job, this world.
1: Benefits, Reality's 401k, good. all the right things that I longed mm-hmm. for. And then I had to capitalize on the mm-hmm. situation. So that made me a better father, responsibly, because I was able to do everything, and even with child support. Now, I ain't gonna lie, child support, when I got hit with child support, I was hot, you know, and I'm still hot. I'm still hot, <laughs> oh, yeah, hot. It, but that never stopped me from loving <laughs> and caring oh, for my child. So to answer your question, I say responsibility. Right. You know, it, it taught me because I felt like, and growing up, I felt like, you know, they were irresponsible for their choices. So, and I never wanted mm-hmm. to be like this. Yes. I never wanted to follow in, them, in their steps. When I had a family, I wanted to be husband, wife, you know, family. Now that didn't work out, but that never yeah. stopped me from yeah. being a father. So I definitely, good, yeah, I definitely, good, if Aaron, I learned I'm anything, it you. was definitely that.
0: And, you know, I I can have this conversation with you. For a few more hours. And unfortunately, I'm looking at all these questions I have for you, and we can't even go through because we got like less than six minutes. So it's a part two. It could be a part two. I'm
1: with
0: it. That yeah, be I'm a part two. Oh, we can do it. Okay, so you, you like it. I love it. Good. So I'm just going to ask you this one last question pertaining to you, and then I'm going to ask you, how do you feel? So this is, I'm going to choose this question at a 15 that I have left since we only got like 5 minutes now. What makes you a good what man? What makes me a
1: good man is waking up every day knowing I can impact someone's life positively. Um it uh, gets me going knowing that I can uh put a smile on somebody's face, knowing I can be there for somebody. Uh not and you know me being a father is great. That's my motivation, yes, to do everything I do the right way. But it's also is Pulling over to give that man some change. Uh, seeing an older woman at the gas t- at the gas station pumping her gas, you know, feeding somebody who's in need. Um, it's that 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 makes me a good man. That that's what I strive to. I don't, you know, you don't necessarily look for that thing, but you you will want that. You know, you wouldn't want your grandmother outside pumping gas in a gas station at night. Nah. Come on, man. Go sit in your car, I'll pump your gas for you. That's fine, you know. You don't want your uncle. You don't ride past your uncle on the boulevard. He got a sign and he broke. No, um, come get in this car. Let me take you out to eat. Turn here, to go a couple dollars for your pocket. You know, just be safe. I will see you soon. You know, you don't want that for your family. So when we when we see things like that and we mock it and we laugh at it, that's clown behavior. You know what I'm saying that doesn't make you a good person or or a good man or a good woman. And you know, you got are, if you're in position to help others, you should. I ain't saying go broke by doing that. I'm saying if you're in a position to help others, you should. Don't just look at it as me against the world because it's not. The world is a unit and unity spins the world. So let's all come together. You know, we got to stop the violence, stop the sucker stuff, stop the clown stuff. And we got to do the right thing for once.
0: And let me say something from my perspective or my point of view, that is a good man. And Eric, you are a good man. And I thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for doing, having this interview with me because it has enlightened so many things for me. You know, sometimes, you know, you beat up yourself because you wish things was different or you you wish you wouldn't have did that. You wish you wouldn't have said that. And when I speak to someone like you and to hear your story and to know how you look at life, life now, I commend you. So I'm getting ready to wrap up our interview. And I want to okay. ask you one more question. After having this conversation with me, can you describe in one word? Well, oh, I already
1: honored, so I'm going to use that again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, ecstatic. Uh, my story, for my story to be told, and for somebody to hear it who, are, who can possibly be going through it or have been through it and don't know how to deal with it, I'm excited and I'm ecstatic about it because I want to help them, even if I don't know them. So if my words can help you, uh, young man, or young sir, you know, young king, young queen, go all for it. You know, anything you want to do in life, you, you still have the time to be. Now, I ain't talking about NBA dreams. I'm talking about the impact that you can do in your community, I'm talking about the impact you can do on someone's life, you know, regardless of your child or not, regardless of your, you know, your family or your friends. You know, we all have that power in the same 24 hours to make the best out of it. So that's all we need to do, make the best out of it.
0: God bless you. I want to talk to you off air about your, excuse me, nonprofit organization, because you said a lot and that's a lot of things that I've always been looking to do. And so I'm so grateful that me and you had this conversation to learn more about you um again thank you so 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 much eric truly 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 thank you for having this conversation with me tonight and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of journey of shereen make sure you check out my podcast it airs every tuesday evening at 6 30 and until next time thanks eric, for having me take care of yourself Hi, this is Eli. Mommy, I'm very proud of you and I love you.